So what this message is today, it's called Decisions, Desires, Distractions. Decisions, Desires, Distractions. The reason I've called it that is because we're going into the next decade as a church, uh, collectively, yes, individually as well, into the next 10 years of the life of Hillsong Church. And I honestly believe it's going to be defined by the decisions we make, the desires we have, and the distractions we avoid. And so the key verse I'm using for this is found in Hebrews chapter 12. Let me read it for you. Uh, It says this, do you see what this means? This is the Hebrew, uh, the writer of Hebrews chapter 12, just basically talking about the chapter of faith, chapter 11, all about the heroes of faith. And then he gets into the next chapter and he says, do you see what all of this means? All these pioneers, all these people who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, never quit. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. The word finish there means complete. Jesus began and completed this race that we are now in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was going. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over the story again, item by item, that long list of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. It's better than a Red Bull. That's what today's message is called. It's better than a Red Bull. The story of the exhilarating, incredible story of Jesus, how he went the distance, he started and he completed. And the reason I'm sharing this with you, because I don't know everyone in the room, but I know this, that God has started an incredible work in you and he wants to see it to come to full completion. Now, I believe that for all of you in the room, you're going to have a long, long life. A long, long life. A long, long, purposeful life that you're going to serve the Lord full-heartedly, wholeheartedly for many, many years to come. In other words, the essence of this message I really want to speak into our church at this season that we're going into the next 10 years is more about can you go the distance? Can you last? Anybody can start a race, but can you complete it? Anybody can turn up, but can you stay turning up? In other words... You've got to be the same person wherever you are. And I believe that that's what this is all about. Jesus was the same at the beginning. He was same in the middle. And he was able to go all the way to completion. And if you read the Hebrews, he's saying something profound here. He's saying the hostilities, the opposition, the setbacks, the disappointments, the letdowns. There's no doubt for you and I, if we're going to go forward, it's easy to pull back and give up. It's easy to... Take the comfortable seat and go, oh, well, I used to be like that, but now I'm just going to cruise. And I used to have faith like that, but I'm just kind of now just happy with what I got. I honestly don't believe that's the best place for you. I believe it's, it's, it's not a good place to be. And so the essence of this message is going the distance. Or if I could say it another way, it's how do you stay new even when you become old? How do you stay new 
even when you become old. For some of you, you've been in the church here now for many years. I look at some of the guys here and, and they've been around eight, 10, maybe some longer years. And you could say in definition, that's old, been around a long time. But my question is, is if you've been around a long time, do you still know what it's like to be new? I think new people coming in, there's, a, there's often a, a freshness there. The life of any church is always blessed with new people. Thank God for new people coming into the life of the church. You know, new people coming into a company, new people coming into a team, new people coming into a department. Even your own body will appreciate new blood. Have you ever sat down on your legs and then try to stand up? And we call it pins and needles. It's like your, it's like your legs. Have you ever done that? Ever had a sleep at nighttime and you've laid on your arms and your hands? And, and, and then suddenly it's like, what happened to my arms and my Has anyone ever had that? It's the most unusual feeling. But you've got to get the blood flowing again. You've got to get the blood flowing through the veins. And I honestly believe it's naturally speaking important for our own well-being. You know, thank God that there's new blood coming into your system. Well, it's the same with the life of the church. There's got to be new people. And, 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 and I believe if you, even if you're old, you can stay new. I believe if you're going to go the distance, you've got to be able to find the ability to stay new every day. And so that's the spirit of today's message. It's about really making decisions with wisdom uh, to stay new no matter what. Uh, having the right desires that keep a newness of spirit in you. And, and your ability to, to, to not be distracted um, by old things or, or maybe just good things, but they're not God things, like I've said before. So let me just give you another perspective here. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, again, the Word of God declares this over our lives. Therefore, if anyone, anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All of this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We have the ability to keep things new. New relationships. Reconciliation is beautiful when you've had a separation and you get uh, a reconciliation. But Christ has positioned you. You've been positioned in Christ. God has positioned you in Christ, which simply means you've been positioned, positioned in Christ to win. When you've been put in Christ, it's amazing how you can lose but still win. You can make mistakes and still stay in. What I love about the language of God is it's a family language. In other words, the goal is, I'm not really a fan of the word disciple because it's misused in our context, in our culture today. You know, hey, come and be a disciple. It's like, no, thank you. But the word disciple means discipline one, but the real spirit about it is, is teach them how to become uh, followers of me. In other words, the word disciple, it, it has more of a tone of development. In other words, I'm growing, I'm developing, I'm getting bigger, I'm getting better. So if I said to you, hey, do you want to go on a journey of development? Yeah, yeah I'd like to. Or, or if I said it another way, do you want to stay the way you are? No, not really. So you want to keep moving forward? Yeah. Okay, well, that's kind of the language of becoming a disciple, a disciplined one. I'm growing. I'm not the same I was last year. My prayers are getting bolder. I'm reading the Bible. Instead of falling asleep in two minutes, I'm literally reading the Bible for two hours. That's progress. In other words, I'm growing and I'm moving forward and, and I believe you've been positioned to win. So the family language is this. If you're in family, you can fail and still be family. See, if the house of God is an institution, if it's, a, if it's a, a something other than a family, it's like if you get it wrong, what happens? And I think sometimes people have this religious idea that I can't get it wrong. 
And I don't know where you get that from because God says, hey, anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. They have become a brand new person. The old has gone, the new has come. It doesn't say anything about you're a new person and you'll never make a mistake. See, who put that pressure on you? Often we put it on ourselves. And I want you to know you've been positioned in Christ to win. In other words, God is always on your side. God is always ahead of you. God is behind you. He's with you. He's surrounding you. In other words, He's got your back. He's got your front. He's got your behind. He's got your up, down and everything else in Jesus' Name. You are positioned to win. How good is it to know that you've got a good, good, good Father who is looking out for you. And even in your worst days, He's still your biggest fan. Can anybody say amen? Does that mean God likes sin? No, God hates sin, but He's put all of that on Christ. Now you're in Christ, you're protected, you're covered. Now you've got a chance to discover the goodness of God. You get better by hanging around His presence. So the things that you used to do, you find that I don't wanna do anymore. The things that used to slow you down, don't slow you down as much anymore. You find that this year I was making progress, but next year I'm doing even better. In other words, the life of the righteous spirals upwards, not downwards. So don't be so hard on yourself when you have thoughts or habits or addictions or things that are slowing you down. How many people have gone, oh God, I'm so sorry, I won't do it again. And then literally within minutes, oh God, I'm so sorry, I won't do it again. The truth is that we know that we're inadequate. We know that we don't measure up. We know that we haven't got it all together. But that's not the story of faith. The story of faith is Jesus has got it all together. Jesus does measure up. Jesus has perfected all that the Father desires. So where do you get placed? In Christ. So you've been positioned to win. Can anybody say amen? Amen. So when it comes to this journey of making decisions, if I can ask you this question, if I can do it this way, what decisions are you making? What decisions are you willing to make? Is there any wisdom in your decisions? We can all make decisions that are stupid, but can you make decisions that are full of wisdom? I believe when you make a decision that takes you to your future, when you make a decision to plant yourself in God's house, when you make a decision to stay with the things of God, when you make a decision to have friends that are friends of your destiny, I believe these are all decisions that have wisdom. And so I believe making wise choices is going to be a blessing to you. And sometimes, you know, you, you get to see the depth of them decisions in the years to come. I just thank God that I made decisions when I was younger, when I came to faith, to keep me on the journey of serving God. I had to make decisions all the time. My, my background was football and engineering and football. So basically, if I wasn't working, I was playing football. And, and I had played in two leagues. I played in two teams, Saturday League and a Sunday League. Saturday League was an old man's league. In other words, young guys and old guys playing together. That's where you pick up all your injuries because the old guys don't like the young guys passing you, so they injure you. And uh, on Saturday, it was a league where he got paid to play. And so basically, I started going to church. And after a few months, I was like, you know what? I want to be at church. And so I stopped the league on Saturday, Sundays because I, I wanted to be in God's house. And anyway, I moved on and I kept making decisions. And Joyce and I, eventually we got married. And I had a sense that God had done something in us that was big for the future. But I didn't know how to get it out. And I believe there's many people in this room. God's put such bigness on the inside of you. Big dreams, big calls, big vision but you don't know how to get it out. And I'll tell you, you've got to make decisions 
wise decisions about the environment you're in and the environment that will bring it out of you. And it might be stretching. It might mean joining a team. It might mean getting involved. What I'm trying to say is decisions, decisions, decisions. Are you willing to make them? Let me talk about desires. Do you have a good desire, a right desire? We all have desires. And desires can mean many things, but a right desire, a good desire, a healthy desire. And I talked about Psalm 37, I think it is. It says that, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Well, let me just say this. If you want a right desire, it will come by delighting yourself in the Lord. Where do the desires to make a difference in the world come from? I don't know. They were just there. Do they have to come from God? Well, I guarantee if you've got a desire to help people, I wouldn't say that it's not God. But let me say this, if you'll honour God about that desire, it probably will go further than what you could do naturally speaking. Maybe you're a person, you've got nothing to do with God, but you have a desire for children. Great, go be great with kids. Maybe you're an illustrator. Maybe you're a, a cartoonist. Maybe you can do great children's book. I don't know. It, it, it's endless what is inside of people. But what I'm saying is if you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. In other words, He can do more with your desires than you can on your own. That's why it's worth considering delighting yourself in Him. And I tell you, the more you lean into Him, the more your desires become crystal clear and sharp. You get clarity about what it is that's in your heart. I never leaned into God and become confused. I leaned into God and I became clear. I became focused. I became more optimistic about the future that God is calling us to, amen. I didn't know the details, but I knew God. And if you have a relationship with God, you'll be more uncomfortable with the unknown because you're okay with God knowing what you don't know. In other words, there are things in all of our futures that we don't know, but God does know. But when you've got a relationship with Him, you're okay with that because you're like, you know, God, I don't, I'd like to know, but I trust You. And that's always a clue, a, cl a clue about the depth of relationship you've got with God. Maybe you are a worrier. Maybe you are uh, concerned about your future. Can I encourage you to develop this, this relationship with Jesus, whatever your age is, younger, older, in the middle. I'm just saying, delight yourself in Him and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in Him. What does that mean? It means just focus on Him. Lean into Him. Hang around Him. It's amazing how them desires, right desires. I've never had a bad desire by hanging around God. I've had plenty of bad desires by walking away from God. It just doesn't happen. You delight yourself in Him and guess what? Right desires. I start to desire things that maybe I didn't desire before. So when I came to faith, I had the things that I, I liked to do, I, I didn't want to do anymore. The things that I was kind of maybe drawn to, I wasn't drawn to anymore. Now it didn't happen every, uh, some of people it happens quickly, some people it takes time. For me, it was over time. The more I went for God, the more things dropped off me. The more I looked to Him, the more things didn't bother me. The more I kept my eyes on Him, reading His Word, putting Himself in the house of God, putting myself in the house of God, there was things that started. My values begin to change. You could say your moral compass got better. But the point I'm making is, is when you delight yourself in the Lord, you will find that desires will be the desires that He's put inside of you and they get ignited. They become sharp. They become clear. And more importantly, He's the one that's able to make them desires come to pass in Jesus' name. Let me give you Philippians chapter 3. This is an incredible verse. Listen to this. Philippians chapter 3. 
part of the New Testament, one of the letters that Paul wrote. I do not consider myself to have arrived spiritually, nor do I consider myself already perfect. But I purpose to keep going, taking hold even more firmly that purpose for which Christ called me. I do not consider myself to have fully grasped it even now, but I do choose to stay focused on this. I leave the past behind with the hands outstretched to whatever lies ahead. I go straight for the goal, my reward, the honour of being called by God in Christ. (laughs) Amen. What a beautiful verse in Philippians chapter 3. And this is the secret to Paul. He knew how to leave the past behind with his hands out wide to whatever it is that God had for him. And if you're gonna have a picture of your future, could it be that you're leaving the past behind and your hands are outstretched going forward, trusting God, whatever He has got for you, amen? Because that is something you and I have to purpose to do. And I believe if you'll purpose to do it, you will not be disappointed. If you and I want to keep moving forward, then we're gonna need to stay new in everything. We you, me, us together, if we're going to keep moving forward, no matter how old we are in the faith, we're going to have to stay new every single day. I believe God speaks to us through His Word about the power of new. He says to the believers in Isaiah, a new Exodus, Isaiah 43, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you see it? It will I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. There is so much newness that God has got for each and every person in this room. I don't know if you're just getting started in life or whether you're really further down the journey. I just know God is a God of new. In other words, you might be old, but you can become new. I'm 51 and... I'm as new as I am today when I first walked into this journey of faith because I've learned the power of staying focused, not being distracted, making wise decisions. I delighted myself in the Lord and I found that these desires have grown and grown where God has been able to just be so faithful. So I believe God is the God of the new Exodus. In other words, He's speaking to His people about a new Exodus. And this is about those who were captive by the Babylonian Empire and they were in captivity. It happened before in, in, in Egypt. And this was a new Exodus. They already done an Exodus with the Egyptians, but now this was talking to His people about the Babylonian Empire. And they were in captivity for 70 years. And He says, I will do a new thing. And they did stay in captivity for 70 years, but He took them out because God is the God of the new. So God wants to do new things, new locations, new venues, new people, new families. New babies, new marriages, new territory, new cities, new opportunities, new momentum, new soil, new pastures, new potential, new songs, new team, new leaders, new child sponsors, new water wells, new people getting involved. God says, I want to do something new. Will you allow that spirit of newness to be upon you? See, the challenge is the older you are, the harder it is to appreciate the power of new. 
But I believe that you're alive because new blood's in your body. And if God can give a physical example, I believe He can parallel it to a spiritual example. I don't know how long you've been around, but it's tragic when old people get old. In fact, it's even more tragic when young people become old. I'm not talking about old in years. I'm talking about old in spirit. And I really believe it's important that we understand the power of new. And let me give you this as as the team have arrived. (laughs) Thank you for the subtle hint. But I really believe that God wants to quicken in every one of us, whatever your years are, whatever your age is. Yesterday is behind you. Today is a new opportunity. Tomorrow could be amazing. And I just believe that's the simplicity that keeps people fresh, keeps them receiving from Him, and I believe keeps them ultimately in the journey. And and you're able to follow the Christ example of going to completion. So let me read from Joshua chapter 14, and hopefully on the screen it will come up. And this is a powerful, powerful example of about someone who has had the ability to stay fresh and to stay new, no matter what the years are. His name is Caleb, and Caleb spoke to his friend Joshua Moses, the Lord's servant, this is what Caleb said to Joshua, his friend. He said, Moses, the Lord's servant, he sent us to look at the land where we were going. I was 40 years old at the time. And when I came back, I told Moses what I thought about the land. The other men who went with me told the people things that made them afraid. But I really believed, I really believed that the Lord will allow us to take that land. So that day, Moses made a promise to me. He said, the land where you went will become your land. Your children will own the land forever. I will give you that land because you really believed in the Lord my God. Now, the Lord has kept me alive for 45 more years. And as He said He would, during that time, we all wandered in the desert back and forth. But now I'm 85 years old. I'm still strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me out. I am ready to fight as I was then. Give me that mountain and that land, the land that God has promised. I'm telling you, the decisions you make and the desires you have and the distractions you avoid, the generations will thank you. The generations will praise you. They will be grateful that you didn't get distracted, that they didn't pull back, that you didn't give up, that you didn't slow down. Generations, generations, sons and daughters, grandchildren, The great-grandchildren and the children of Caleb were able to stay secure because their great-great-granddad didn't give up when it got tough. They didn't slow down. They didn't make it about themselves because they made decisions. And sometimes, yes, it does take time. Sometimes the doors are slow to open. Sometimes the mountain does look high. Sometimes the giants are massive. But the day at 85, when He took that mountain, there was no giant big enough. There was no mountain big enough. There was no obstacle big enough. Why? Because Caleb used the years to get bigger, not smaller. 
He used the years to grow in the faithfulness of God. He used the years to advance. And He stayed new, even though He was 45 years older. What are you gonna be like in five months from now? New or old? What are you gonna be from five years from now? Old or new? Because I believe it's the decisions you make. I believe it's the desires you have. And I believe it's the distractions you avoid because God is calling you into the new. New wine in new wineskins. A new song, new believers, a new opportunity, a new song, a new day. New cities, new locations. I believe new relationships. I believe God is the God of the new in Jesus' Name. So you honour God no more. You will honour God no more by, by accepting the honour and the privilege of staying new. So whatever your age is, however long you've been around, would you stay new? How do I stay new? Stay thankful. How do I stay new? Keep your eyes on the vision. How do I stay new? If you've got Jesus, you've got everything. How do I stay new? God owes me nothing. He gives me everything. If anything, I owe Him everything. How do I stay new? Because you're connected to a new day. You're looking forward, not behind. Your arms are open, moving forward because God has got so much more for you.